Hey, good morning, Monstropolis. It's now 5 after the hour of 6 a.m. in the big monster city. Come on! Let's get pumped! I'm not drinking any fucking below! What can I say? The camera loves me. Shall we begin? After you, Junior. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Logged It. We're back uh, for the beginning of the 2022 season. Episode number 27, uh, Disaster Movies. Because the new Roland Emmerich film, Moonfall, is going to be a disaster both in terms of filmmaking and in terms of the actual film content. Uh, I'm seeing it this week, and you know, we, we we decided that disaster films might be a little bit better than movies where cars get shoved up anuses. Um, as far as movies getting released this week, there's only so many jackass things we can talk about. So we're talking about disaster movies. Uh, but first episode back, very exciting. Boatman is here as always. Boatman, welcome. How are you? I definitely heard you say cars get shoved up anuses, and I thought, did Tatan come out again? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Cody is also here. Cody, welcome to the program. Um, hi. Uh, Boatman over the break. Jokes didn't get any better. Um, they're still there. Uh, three years strong and still sucks. Uh, I'm excited to be back. Um, I think this year the, the show will go through less iterations than it did probably in the last two years uh, or last year of the show before it was fined on Lognet. So I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to talk about disaster movies and Roland Emmerich, perfect director for disaster films. So. There's some in there that are pretty good. Uh, Brian, welcome. Uh, you were the first person I reached out to when this topic came up because I felt like this was the, the type of topic that is Brian Michaels suited. So how are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I'm all for dumb disaster movies. I'm actually looking forward to Moonfall. I was supposed to see it actually uh, last week, but I ended up not going, so I had to drive like an hour to the screening of it. And uh, I'm not hearing good things, though, so maybe I'm glad I didn't make that drive. So That's fair. But glad Pace back here. It's been a hot minute since I've been unlo unlogged it, so glad to be back. Yeah. Payson Johnson is also here. Payson, welcome. How are you? Hi. Yeah, I I love being on this show. I'm so happy I get to be back on the, I guess, season premiere, season two premiere of Logged. So True. thank you so much for inviting me back, Tim. Uh, Boatman, I want you to know I personally think you are your jokes are very good, but I also really like Cody as a person. So, yeah, so, so, sort of walk that line. Interesting. All right. So, uh Here's what we're gonna do. We do we start the show the same way. Uh, look at these gorgeous people and Boatman. That's that's terrible. That's so mean to say. Um, we're gonna get started with the way we start the show every week by talking about our favorite movie log this week. Now, Payson brought the beautiful idea of we've been off for a while, so you could pick either your favorite movie you logged in the last week or your favorite new thing that you found in the break. So we would consider that December, January. I don't care either one, whatever works for you. Payson, I know you've been thinking about this, so we're actually going to kick it off with you uh, because you've been thinking about it, and I don't want Cody to make fun of me for going first. So you get to go, Payson. Go ahead. <laughs> that is fair. Uh, I've seen a lot of great things recently, uh, new releases, old stuff from the past. I'm going to go with something from the past. 
Uh, we're going back to 1985, and my favorite movie I've watched over the break is a movie called After Hours. Uh, this is directed by Martin Scorsese. Um, it is an all-in-one-day, more like an all-in-one-night movie about just this guy who wants to go on a date with his girl, and he wants to meet her at night, and without spoilers, pretty much has the worst night anyone could possibly have. Uh, this movie is essentially anxiety in a movie. Just like the most, like, the guy doesn't start out nervous, but throughout the movie, he just becomes, like, so neurotic and so on edge. Because, like, at one point, the, okay, yeah, the fucking neurotic and on edge boy is already smiling. Um, and, like, at, at one point, uh, he um, realizes that the person that he was going to go see was in a relationship. He's like, well, fuck. And then that person, I'm about to spoil things. All I'm going to say is this is a really, really great movie. I don't want to spoil any of the experience, any of the things that happen. The cast is stacked. Like you have uh, Griffin Dunn, you have Roseanne Arquette, you have John Hurt, Hurt, Hurd, and you have like uh, Catherine O'Hara. And yeah, uh, this is one of the more underrated Martin Scorsese movies. And I, and I really, really loved it. Yeah, um, I saw this for the first time a couple years ago. Um, this was one of the last Scorsese's that I needed to see. Um, and if if you know me at all, I'm 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 a bitch for Blu-rays and stuff. And this is one of the few Scorsese movies not available on Blu-ray. Um, I believe one of one of four. Uh, so I finally uh, succumbed to uh, temptation and bought a DVD copy of it and uh watched it and it's incredible i think it's really really great um my favorite memory of this movie is actually uh when we had a giant multiplex admin meeting at my place in milwaukee and we said let's watch a fun movie and boatman pulled after hours off of my shelf a good uh, not 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 quite the uh the rousing romp we wanted that evening but boatman has good taste nonetheless yeah. uh, cody have you seen this one Actually, it's one of those Scorsese's I have not seen. I've been given it. I've been told to watch it. I just haven't found the time like want to like just watch it yet. Uh, I still take that uh, we should have watched Still Alice that night. Um, but uh, it's but overall, uh, it sounds like it'd be a lot of fun. Good lord, uh, Bowman. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry. There we go. Uh, after Hours is a great movie. Uh, this this movie is fantastic. Uh, everything Payson just said is, is basically accurate. Uh, it is it is Murphy's Law on film. <laughs> We're really popular tonight. I didn't even notice. Just uh, <laughs> how well I'm paying attention. This show is back, Brian. I just love that it says everyone, even you. <laughs> <laughs> They definitely saw Emily. All right. What happened? Can I ask or no? Just look at the look at the live chat. Uh, Brian, have you seen After Hours? Uh, yeah, I actually saw it for the first time. I don't know, just probably two years ago. And it, first of all, I didn't know what to expect going in because this thing, like, if you look at like the the poster, or if you ever watched the trailer or something, it, it was marketed like some kind of like you know, almost like a zany teen comedy kind of thing. You know this. Uh, but it, it's and while it is definitely comedy to it, it's kind of a dark comedy to it. But it's the least Scorsese movie I think I've ever seen from Scorsese. I mean, when you think of Martin Scorsese, this is not the kind of film I picture from him. So it's it's different than his other stuff. It's not bad, but I mean, everybody knows Scorsese is not my kind of thing. But you know, I enjoyed it. All right, 
Good shit. Uh, let's move over to Brian. Uh, what's your pick for your favorite movie log this week or over the break? Uh, well, you know, this past week I've been doing a lot of uh, TV binging, so I haven't watched many movies. So I'm going to actually go back about two weeks when I actually got to see a screening of the movie Cyrano. Um, this is a movie that's coming out February 25th, I believe, in theaters finally. I mean, it's in, I think, New York and L.A. now because it came up for an Oscar qualifying run. But uh, it's it's a musical. Uh, directed by Joe Wright, uh, starring Peter Dinklage uh, and Haley Bennett, uh, who you might know as the bargain basement uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Um, but but it, it's uh, basically t- uh, obviously a take on the story of Cyrano de Bergerac, which is an old French story. I think it was I think it was an opera at one point. It was turned into movies like Roxanne and Truth About Cats and Dogs. Uh, this is a musical retelling of it. Um, I knew. I mean, I'm a sucker for musicals to start with. Um, I like Peter Dinklage. I saw the trailer for it. I thought it looked pretty good. Um, and uh, Joe Wright is a director who he's made some really good movies like Atonement and things like that. Um, but even his movies that aren't very good, like like Anna Karenina and Pride and Prejudice is, are kind of okay. And then there's Pan, which is really kind of ass. But even on his bad movies, they look beautiful. I mean, he is the costumes and the production design. His movies always look beautiful, the way they're framed and filmed and made. Um, so I knew going into this, it would at least look good. Um, I watched this movie and I love this movie. I mean, it does look beautiful. Peter Dinklage, who is clearly not a professional singer. I mean, his voice, he sounds good, but he clearly is not, you know, known for his singing. But I, I think I said in my review, it kind of lends itself to him as kind of like this, this uh, vulnerable, it's more believable character. Um, and it's basically the story of how he is this man who doesn't feel that he's worthy of this woman that he loves. Who he's, he's like great friends with her, but he's always been in love with her. But then this other man comes in who's like, you know, this perfect beautiful man and he got and he falls in love with her as well and she loves him and so Cyrano like uses his words and his poetry to help this man win over the woman it's a whole story you've seen it before um but it's it's extremely well done the songs I think are are actually really quite good they were done by uh members of a band called the National um so they kind of have a little bit of modern sound to them but it's not like anachronistic it's just kind of a different style to it although there's one scene where it's it's almost kind of like a rap battle (laughs) It's interesting to hear Peter Dinklage do that early in the movie, but yeah, when you get a chance to see this when it opens, I recommend everybody go see this because it's it it really is a good movie. Yeah, I've been wanting to see this one. I I had never um, I had heard of it um, when we got like the posters and stuff at the theater, but um, I didn't know much about it other than that it was in Peter Dinklage and and I didn't even know it was a musical. And we saw the trailer before Licorice Pizza, and I was like, "Wow, this is this looks like something that Maggie and I are gonna eat up." Like uh, this, this looks right up my alley. To see, hear that you really enjoyed it uh, does a lot for me. Um, this sounds like something that I'm really gonna like. So when it comes out, I will definitely be seeing it. Uh, Cody, what about you? Uh yeah, it's on my it's on my was my one of my movies that I was really looking forward to in twenty twenty one. I think it was supposed to come out like at the very end of it. And I guess I think it did for it. Oscar stuff, but like not wide. It was gonna open in mid December and then wide like December thirty first, but then they got pushed to January and then now February twenty fifth. So. Um, but um, I love the. Bowman's going to be able to correct me on this one, but I love the 60s version of the 50s. Story, 50s story. Um, I think it's a, I think I never knew anything about the character before I watched that movie because uh, I was going through Best Actor and his performance was incredible. And then I found out they were doing a musical of it. 
he basically the reason why I like this character so much is he just he basically takes everybody down with just words. He doesn't do anything else. He's just so good with his words, which Dinklage is perfect casting for that. Like if you watch Game of Thrones or anything, so uh, musical added to it. I've never heard the music for it, but I'm I'm a I'm game for any musical, and especially the story uh, put into musical. I'm I'm game. I can't wait for it to come out. Uh, Boatman, what about you? I would like Brian Michaels to know how much I personally despise him right now for having seen this movie already. Uh, I wanted to see this movie so bad, and the people who made it bungled the release. And it's not going to get nominated for any Oscars now. And I'm sad. And I wanted to see this movie. I was supposed to see this movie yesterday. Now I can't. Was, yeah. So sad. All right. Payson. Yeah, I'm also uh, very excited for this. Uh, Brian, like, bragging, showing off his big brain on all of us by showing that he got um, – in, in an early screener of some sort through this movie, but hearing that he liked it uh, excites me in a way. Like, uh, uh, he does give basketball five stars, but most of the time, Brian's actually. A, a I'm gonna say, most people's community don't trust my taste, so. Yeah, but yeah, he, hearing that Brian did enjoy it uh, excites me. I do think Peter Dinklage is a really cool casting for the character of C- Cyrano de Bergerac, and yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, he actually did this on, it was a stage performance off-Broadway that he did before we made a movie of it. So. Hmm. Did not know that. All right. Uh, I'll go next now. Now, can I go in the middle, Cody? Is that fair? Like I sandwich myself? <laughs> sure. Or do I tell Hughes you're saving nuts for last? So, yeah. That's um, so, I have, now that I am no longer playing in fandom fights and just a part of running the program, uh, I've been purposely watching a lot of non-fandom movies. Uh, don't get me wrong. I still watched Fellowship of the Ring this week. Uh, but I've been trying to watch a, a bunch of movies that I've never seen before. Um, and a lot of the ones that I really, really liked, I'm actually going to be plugging YLS for tomorrow. I'm going to be talking about on YLS tomorrow for the top of 2021. So my pick would be something that I'm talking about there. I'm going to save it uh, and just say that I watched Tombstone for the first time. Uh, movie fucking slaps. Okay. Um, I I really liked this movie. Um, I have always liked it's 93, right? Bowman, does that sound right? Yes. You got it. There we go. Boom. Um, I've always really liked Kurt Russell. Um, Val Kilmer is hit or miss for me, but I thought he was really good in this movie. And there was just a cast in here that like I didn't know was in this movie at all. Like I had literally zero idea that Sam Elliott and Bill Paxton were the other two guys. I had no fucking clue. Didn't have any idea. And also I really like um now I can't remember his name. Michael Bean um had no idea he was in this. And he was fucking awesome. So I'm not normally like a big Westerns person, but this is one that I just heard about so much over the years. And I found it at Best Buy for like five bucks. So I picked it up and I watched it and I had a blast. I thought it was really, really fun. Uh, Mike Hanley almost passed out when he found out I hadn't seen it before. So I I rectified it pretty quick. Uh, Cody, what do you think about this movie? Uh, Tombstone's great. Tombstone's like one of those, uh, I think the one of the most accessible Westerns for people to watch, um, of all the Western genre. Um, it's just got so much, it's got, it's such a stacked cast and it's got so many memorable lines, uh, throughout it. Uh, I know Brian's here, so 
I don't want to quote already. <laughs> I don't want to quote already because it drives the man nuts. But uh, the Huckleberry, like that, is always like something that I've heard quoted throughout my entire life. So, uh, uh, family members have always been a big fan of Tombstone. So, yeah, Tombstone's great. I'm glad you finally watched it. I'm glad. Uh, I'm, I can't wait for Fellowship of the Ring or one of them to pass Monsters Inc. I think it's happening at some point down the line. I so I rewatched Fellowship and Two Towers over the weekend, and I'm I'm doing extended, and so Return of the King. If it were to happen, it's gonna be this viewing. So we'll see what happens. I'm just saying it's happening at some point. I, I it it might be the year that the the Departed goes over the Lion King. Let me tell you, uh, Boatman, your thoughts on Tombstone. Uh, yeah, it's been a little bit since I've seen Tombstone, but, like, the main thing I remember is Val Kilmer is just incredible in this movie. He is, like, so good in a way that Val Kilmer is rarely this good. Like, he's he's just, like, flies off the screen in this movie. Like, he is so entertaining. He steals every scene he's in. He's just great. Yeah, Brian? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm quite honestly surprised. I, I agree with Mike. You shouldn't got should not have gone this long without watching this movie. Um, this is. I, I will agree that it is one of the most uh, accessible westerns. I think whereas a lot of them tend to be more, more dramas. This one is really. I mean, while it is a drama, it's definitely kind of a popcorn western. It's lots. You know, lots of action to it. It is supremely quotable. So I would not blame Cody if he broke out into quotes for this movie. Um, aside from, the, I mean, the cast, aside from what you already listed, I mean, there's Michael Rooker's in there. Billy Bob Thornton is great in this movie. Um, there's, you know, tons of other people in this. So, so I'm glad you finally got a chance to watch it. It's a great movie. Payson. Yeah. Uh, I think tombstone is what I like to call a wonderful piece of movie fast food, just like a super, super fun, like, just super watchable film uh set in arizona obviously arizona hit or miss i'm one of the misses but i do think this film is one of the hits um like everyone says i think val kilmer is incredible as the character of doc holiday i think he would have made my five for uh that year um i think powers booth is underrated as the villain um I, i i forget his name but i always love that character and one of my favorite scenes is I forget which brother dies, but when one of Wyatt's brothers dies and Wyatt just goes on a rampage, just screaming no, and that last no of just no, it's 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 great. Tombstone's awesome. All right, Cody. If you're gonna talk about quotes, the best one is: Are you gonna do something or just stand there and bleed? Just saying. <laughs> oh, New Year, New Brian. I love it. Let's some more. All right, Cody. Uh, I, okay. So it's really hard because I've had to do a huge deep dive into movies from this past year. I'm doing an entire episode tomorrow, so I don't want to talk about those, even though there are some that I really, really want to talk about. So I'll keep it short, and I'm going to say Jackass the movie. Nice. Um, I watched this last night, and... Not my favorite of the Jackasses. I'm gonna be honest with you. There's other ones that I love more. Um, oh, I love two and three. Uh, three yeah, three is so, <laughs> so good. Um, but the feeling I felt going back to watching this movie for the first time in probably ten plus years, it brought me right back down to my age at this level of watching it, and I laughed. 
from almost beginning to end to this movie. It is stupid. It is nonsense. It is disgusting. It is painful to watch. And I loved every second of this movie. Yeah. I just did. When I found out the new ones coming out, and I watched like an interview with like Stevo, and like the person had the audacity to ask Stevo if he's like taking painkills during this after he just went through like whole sobriety, and Johnny Maxwell has, like cut him off, like no, 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 he's good. Um, but like they're like, no, now we just get knocked out more often. To say that they're coming back to do another one, I'm so ready to see this movie. Um, but yeah, the first one is just the special moment I, I put in my review 2002 was just a different time like it's just a different time i don't think these movies well they're coming out with it now but if it never established it never be it's never made today like this movie the stuff they did in this first one never when they rent the car from the thing and destroy it and the guy goes well i'm not paying for it and he's like no you are and, he's like, nope. and he starts running across the street i was in tears um i can't wait to watch the other two coming up like in the next couple days but yeah jackass the movie uh just something special about that movie and that 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 trilogy yeah, my, my plan tomorrow, I have the day off. My I'm seeing the new one on Thursday. My plan is to watch the trilogy tomorrow because it's just going to be me and the puppy sitting at home while Maggie's working. So uh, we're, we're going to watch Jackass 1 through 3. Um, the first one I saw was the second one. Um, and so that one is the one that's kind of a little more near and dear to me. Um, but I do think the third one's the best. I saw the third one in 3D in the theater when it came out. And it was it was next level uh great so it's been a while since i've revisited these um i've never like love love loved the series but i've always had a blast watching all of them if you go to my letterbox i guarantee i probably have all of these rated at like three to four stars nothing no, nothing higher than four uh nothing lower than three guaranteed except for maybe the bad grandpa one that that movie kind of sucks uh but otherwise yeah these movies are great um but this one's probably my least favorite of the three but it's a great place to start so uh boatman this is your kind of humor right see here's the thing i don't want to not i don't want to yuck anyone's yum it's just a case of like look i i i'm guessing jackass is absolutely just not a boatman series or movie franchise i i would and you know what that is fine I think that just because something isn't a Boatman thing doesn't mean it's bad or shouldn't have a right to exist. It just means I probably won't watch it, which is okay. Absolutely. You can watch the second one after this call if you want to. <laughs> Again, I feel like I would have a bad time, and then you would get mad at me for giving it a bad rating. Uh, Brian, on the other hand, I feel like this is right up your alley. Yeah, well, I, I just I, I saw them all in theaters, and then I just rebinged them all uh, in the last week or so. I watched all the first three of them again, and it it's weird watching it now because I still love every minute of it. I mean, I, obviously, the, there's there's hits and misses on the sketches because there's just so many of them shoved in each movie. Um, they aren't all you know winners, but but I'm laughing my ass off. I was enjoying the whole movie, but on the other hand, being now the grumpy old man that I am, I I'm thinking, man, these. <laughs> Fucking people are obnoxious. Damn kids. I would, <laughs> especially when like they're in the hotel doing shit. I'm like, man, I'd be calling up the front desk and complaining. About <laughs> but, but I can't deny that it's funny as hell. It's just, yeah. Payson, what about you? 
Yeah, I watched all these over this week, and they're such a blast. Um, I I do think I agree with Tim, where I do think this one is probably the weakest. Two or three is probably my favorite. I think, talk about things you can't get away with, the ending prank in two, where they dress Aaron up like a terrorist in order to hold. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. She understood that car, yeah. Perfection, but yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I love this one. Easily, I think the best prank in this one is the golf course with the air horn. Just every time someone goes for the swing, just yelling the air horn and when it gets to the point where the other people are just throwing their golf clubs. It's so good. These these movies, I, I, I watched all of them and I stand by it. These movies are high art and I will hear nothing less. Okay, um, can I ask a legitimate question? Yeah. yeah. So, like, I I might have had a misunderstanding of what Jackass was. I thought it was just, like, a bunch of idiots getting hit in the nuts. Is it that not? Is it, a, like, a Borat-style prank movie? Like, Yeah, there, so there's yeah, levels there's a mix. on it. Yeah. So, like, they'll do stupid ones where, like, somebody just get, gets a, a rat trap thrown in their ball sack. Or... <laughs> They're also like go to a dealer, go to a rent a car place, rent a car, put it in a demolition derby, and then take it back to the dealers. And, okay, and so then, that's funny. Guys, guys, the third one the with that that's my granddaughter. Oh, that yeah, that one. <laughs> that's so like, I would say, rat I would style say movie? I'm going with the in. Go in with a with your blinders up, but there's some great moments, especially yeah, it, in all. I'd say, I mean, I will say it's probably like a 70, 30 balance as far as just like, you know, getting hit in the nuts versus pranks like that. So that's the, probably the minority, the 70, there's still quite a bit of them in there. 30 yeah. is probably the pranks. Yeah. Um, but you can also just watch the pranks on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I'll probably just do that. Watch the air horn. The golf course one sounds amazing. That's genius. <laughs> All right, um, Boatman, we're on to you for your favorite movie. Uh, my favorite, I, I'm not gonna pick what I watched this week, I'll pick, uh, I, I'm gonna go a little bit farther back, but it's still this month. Uh, I'm gonna go with a movie that I have been meaning to watch for the longest time and put it off. I'm going with Memories of Murder, Long Jun Ho movie. Uh, this, this is just a fantastic crime film. Payson's gonna go get the Criterion because that's what I doing. also have the Criterion. Payson, I just like the opportunity to steal his pants. Anyway, uh, I I think that this movie is like a really it, it's just it's a great crime drama. Like the dynamics between the two main detectives is really fascinating, and the way. They both have like very different attitudes to the case and how that kind of changes. It's really fascinating. Um, and you get really wrapped up in the mystery of it all. Uh, you can tell David Fincher took notes when he was watching this and used a lot of it for Zodiac. It gives strong Zodiac vibes. Uh, I One thing I want to shout out is like – the way Bong Joon-ho blocks a scene, and that's like more of a theater term than it is like a film term, but like the way he like stages his actors is 
it, it's something that I feel like not enough movies really do quite to this level. Like everyone is like positioned just like the exact right spot. And like there are just so many great scenes that just the story plays out visually, like where you almost like yes, you're reading the subtitles, but I feel like I would understand this movie like a lot of this movie without the subtitles. Just based on like the the staging and the interactions and the acting. It's it, it's a masterclass of filmmaking, to be honest. Yeah, I watched this for the first time like two weeks ago. Uh, this was another one. Um, I, I I liked it a lot. I really did. Um, crime movies like this, um, I really, really enjoy. Um, so I quite liked it um, a bit. I didn't love it. And I think partially that goes to everybody for the last two years has been telling me to watch this. Ever since Parasite came out there, oh, well, if you loved Parasite, you're going to love this. Watch, watch it. And I didn't love Parasite, and I didn't love this. I like this probably just as much as I liked Parasite. I think they're both great movies, and I think Bong Joon-ho is an insanely good director, and I am going to watch anything and everything he makes. I just, you don't like it when people like things. That is not true. Um, when I'm, But when I'm told to like something and every person on letterbox has given it a five star rating. It kind of builds my hype a little bit. And so I don't look on letterbox before you watch a movie. When you log it, I see it beforehand. (laughs) What I'm saying to you, Caleb Boatman is for a year and a half, this community watched this movie a lot. And every time someone logged it, it logged its name of the show. Every time someone logged it, I saw and it built up a hype of, ooh, this is something I need to see. I very much liked it. It wasn't a five out of five for me, but I thought it was really, really good. I actually probably liked it better than Parasite. Um, and the only other... Bong Joon-ho movie. I think I've seen a Snowpiercer, and I definitely liked it more than that. Uh, so, yeah, I had a good time with it. So, uh, Cody, now that I've been destroyed, I'm just saying you got everybody just got a glimpse into every like meeting with this man ever. So I'm glad that you got a taste. Me? No, no Bowman, absolutely oh. Bowman. Like, just dug it deep. Yes, there's a thing called overhype, and that is actually that happens in this community a lot, especially when there's an idiot from Fargo that literally, uh, or Grand Forks, that will literally do it to any movie ever and is also your best friend. So, not surprised that you got overhyped for memories from her. I was one of I thought you would absolutely love this movie. Yeah, didn't love it as much as, but like four stars is still great. Any. Um, this is one of those movies like I dove into after the fact. I like look stuff up to show because like, again I'm an uncultured swine. I don't understand everything that I you know that happens in the movie, especially in a different language. Uh, but like the the symbolism, the stuff that's like that you see at the end of the film and where it all uh, breaks down. I think the movie is absolutely incredible. I don't know if it has much like rewatch. Is like I want to run back to it right right away and watch it. But like I think a uh, every once in a while, like go back to watch movie would be kind of interesting. Let it unpack again. Um, but yeah, um, 
<clears throat> I will say uh, with you, I think uh, this community, when they love the movie, shut f up about it. Maybe because that's happened to me too. I get I get into movies and I'm like, holy crap, that was nothing what it was described to me as. So, yeah, good movie. Good. I'm glad that you. Uh, I'm glad Bowman finally got to see it. Then. Brian. No, this one's been on my watch list since before Parasite came out um, when I started following Bong Joon-ho. And uh, uh, for some reason, I haven't gotten around to it yet. It's, I, I'm, you know, I've been meaning to watch it. It's on Hulu now, so I'm going to bump it back up to the top of my watch list and I'll probably watch it sometime this week. And Payson, you have the Criterion, just like me. Yeah, uh, this is one of the, I bought this Criterion last year. It was a blind buy and I watched it with Taylor and I just absolutely fell in love with this movie. I want to say it's probably my favorite Bong Joon-ho movie of the same three I've seen, Snowpiercer, Parasite, and Memories, which, if this is better than Parasite, it should show you how much I love this movie. But yeah, just the the dynamic between the two detectives and how one of them just starts out obsessed with the case, the other just kind of seems like it's a job, and slowly as the movie comes on, they sort of switch roles in a way I just think is genius. Um, I, I think there's a subtle layer of comedy to this movie that I think works really well. Um, I watched this movie before Zodiac, and I think Zodiac is also phenomenal, but I think I would take this just a little higher. I, I know, Cody, Zodiac is amazing, but I think personally I just prefer this one just a little more, and if I can sell the movie on, and if I can sell anyone just a little higher, this movie has three instances where a character gets drop-kicked. It's yep. amazing, and I will never... Um, disrespect the movie for having three drop kicks in the movie it's awesome that is true yeah that is true um now that we're we have gotten to the uh end of the favorite movies we are going to move on to the um to the bad stuff uh the least uh favorite movie that we logged this week or that we saw over the break which is why i have now changed from dr pepper and cracked open a miller light for this part of the show uh so uh go for two what's that I think you should go for two on this one. I, I can go for it. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Sure. Sure. Payson, go ahead. You start us off. Okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, my least favorite movie. Uh, I watched this one last night. Oh. Uh, it's a movie called Ready to Rumble. Not oh, sure if you guys have seen it. Uh, what a pile of dog shit this movie is. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, dog shit film this one is. Um, two, two main characters just obsessed with wrestling to the point where they truly believe that it's that it's real. Uh, their favorite wrestler loses, and so they decide they're going to train this guy to essentially become the champion again. Okay? Two characters, unlikable, stupid, um, not, not fun to be around. D David Arquette, Scott Kahn, they're fine actors, I guess. They're doing the best they can, but not very funny. Uh, Oliver Platt is your, like, star, big, show-stopping wrestler movie, it, like, wrestler in this movie. Uh, awful performance, and like I said, just imagine Oliver Platt as, like, the peak of athleticism. I'm gonna let you uh, do this one as you will. I'm sorry, Nick. I think this movie is truly, truly dog shit. Uh, the gross out humor is about as bad as you would think for the early 2000s. Uh, yeah, I see what Joseph's saying. I do think the last half of this movie is kind of more fun than the second half because just because of how insane the second half gets. 
But yeah, if anyone knows anything about this movie, it was made as an advertisement for a wrestling company that a year later went out of business. So that should tell you how bad this movie is. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure Barr has this comment for Memories of Murder, which is the last movie. Yeah. I'm going to put it up for this. That's so Barr thinks this movie slaps uh, due to the wonders of technology. It does seem like um, a Barr movie. Yeah, I feel like this is a movie I've seen. Like I looked at the poster when you logged it and then read the synopsis and I went, I think I've seen this movie. But then I watched the trailer and it did nothing. I had no idea. So I don't think I actually have. I don't know. It's fucking weird. Sounds awful. This is not a Tim movie. Cody. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, so this movie is... Is a Cody movie. I already know what you're about to say. I already know what you're about to say. No, so, uh, so I want to say this. So in at 2000, I'm 9, 10 years old, obsessed with pro wrestling, like everybody my age probably was at the time. I had so much fun with this movie when I was younger. And me and Mike were on call the other day, and the, the fact that we can still quote parts of this movie to each other is kind of terrifying. Why are you quoting this movie? Because we brought it up. Um, but this is like one of those movies that I refuse to go back to. Like, even if I did like it, I won't watch it again. I will keep it in the, 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 the vault when I was 10 years old and thought this movie was excellent. <clears throat> so... I'll keep it there. I won't ever probably watch the movie again unless somebody gives it to me like in a trivia format or some way. But yes, this movie is very bad. This movie was made by WCW that was going out of business at the time, and you can definitely tell. And David Arquette's in it. Um, There's still a lot of funny parts in this a little bit, but overall, yeah, you probably should not um, watch this movie ever. Why did you watch this movie? Me and Taylor thought it'd be fun. We were oh. like, we're, we're not doing anything tonight, so let's just watch this movie. Uh, Bowman, you love this movie. Tell us about it. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my <laughs> Look, not only is this Nitro movie... Girls? Oh. Is that it? It's Nitro Girls. I'll never forget that now. Oh, not yeah. Yep. Look, not only is this movie genuinely awful, like it's it's bad. Not only does Oliver Platt give an incredibly terrible performance from an actor who has been great before. Like, watch the West Wing. Oliver Platt, great. It's. He's awful in this. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. He's awful. Scott Conn, I want to punch him in the teeth. David Arquette and go get kicked in the nuts. Every everyone is awful. Only person, only person who comes out of this with a shred of dignity is Martin Lando. Martin Lando's kind of Oscar-winning Martin Lando is in this part. I actually should have taken away his Oscar and and also just kicked in the teeth of the corpse of Bella Lugosi for good measure. But <laughs> The worst thing this movie ever did was ultimately give you a world where Caleb Boatman lost to a certain person. I won't name that person, but he lost to that person. And if Caleb Boatman doesn't lose to that person, you don't get weirdly obsessive about calling hands Caleb Boatman. And that 
is what this movie did. This movie forged the fires of Caleb, that annoying host asshole boat. Great. Uh, Brian. <laughs> Why is that going on? Love face is back. All right. Oh, what is happening in the chat? I'm taking care of it. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I only watched this movie for the first time like two or three years ago because it was for a deep cut round in trivia. I had to watch this movie. Uh, it's got a lot of people I like in it. Oliver Platt's in it. Joey Pants is in it. Some other people. It's it's not good. It's not funny. I mean, the, but the thing that gets me, this is directed by Brian Robbins, who is director of such great things as Norbit and Meet Dave and things like that. Good Burger. Um, who is now the president, the head, the CEO of Paramount Pictures. What? Directed this movie. So I just wanted to point that out to you. Uh, so I guess no. he's Absolutely. Yeah. He started out as an actor and ahead of the class, directed a bunch of shit, and now he's the CEO of Paramount. I'm looking this up. So he's the um, reason Mission Impossible 7 was delayed. Right. Well, I'm guessing that was more of a Tom Cruise. Picture, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, I, I agree. This is not a good movie. I watched it for trivia. I will not watch it again. Even for trivia. Pick it for me and you'll wing, so I'm not going to rewatch it. All right. Uh, Brian, let's move over to you for your least favorite movie. Uh, least favorite movie I watched recently. Um, I watched a 2003 movie called Grind. Uh, this is one of those movies that came out in the early 2000s. Kind of, you think it's just kind of a, a dumb kind of teen 20 something comedy, you know, in the wake of American Pie and Road Trip and all these kind of things that a ton of these movies came out. And I, like I said in my review, it could have been just another harmless one of those, but it's focus. It, first of all, it's got Adam Brody and Mike Vogel, who are two guys I kind of like. They they don't they don't usually lead movies, but they're they're two actors I like. They're they're personable, but they can't really do much for this movie because this movie, first of all, like more than half the time of this thing is just spent focusing on montages of people skateboarding. Which, if that's the crowd you're appealing to, because that's what this movie's about, that's great. But that's such a small community. You can't expect your movie to be a success based on you know the skateboarders coming out to watch it. So, but they spend half the movie just showing montages of skateboarding. And then they fill up the rest of it with cameos. Like there's a scene with Tom Green, who is as funny as he's ever been in his life. Half the team, half the crew of Jackass shows up in there. You got Bam and Preston and Wee Man and uh, Aaron. All these people show up in the movie and their cameos are small parts. And they're about how you expect them to be in a scripted movie. They, they aren't funny. Um, and they aren't taking shots in the nuts. But it's just, it's a movie that, you know, I was looking for, uh, you know, a light, Harmless comedy to watch. Something early 2000s sounded good, but this was just not funny at all. And what gets me the most, there's one character in there. His name is Sweet Lou. With the first scene he's in, you're like, wait, he's just playing Matthew McConaughey from Days of Confused. I mean, like, like note for note, he is almost the same lines he's stealing directly from Days of Confused. And at first I thought it was some kind of spoof character, but then like the rest of the movie is still trying to play basically the same character. So I'm like, was this some kind of homage or is it just a blatant ripoff? I, don't, I still don't know. Um, the most accurate review I've seen for this movie is uh, Brooklyn Vale's review for this movie on Letterboxd is 15-year-old me still thinks this is the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> because 15-year-old Tim thought this was the greatest movie ever made. When this came out, I watched this movie. When you said the name of this movie, I just about lost my mind because I forgot it in the ether. Um, I'm, I'm sorry if sure, I offended you then. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the early 2000s, like, pop punk soundtrack and the skateboarding and i just i remember i liked the music 
I remember watching this movie so much as a teenager, uh, but I have not seen it in easily 10 plus years. Um, but man, you took me back. This, this, like Ready to Rumble, I don't think I'll ever, like for Cody, I don't think I'll ever watch this movie again and just let it live in my brain as something that I liked. As <laughs> uh, Cody, have you ever seen this? I have not. I've heard about it. Um, I watched the Disney Channel original Brink. That would be the closest thing to this movie that I have, but I have not watched this. And with Brian doesn't like this movie, I'm going to stay away from this movie. I'll say that because this should, this could probably hit Brian's like, you know, watched it back in the day. Nah, no, thanks. This sounds bad. Bowman? I'll, I'll pass. Okay. Uh, Jason? Never seen it. Maybe I'll watch it one day. I want to watch every movie ever made one day, but yeah. Probably not anytime soon. I don't. I don't think you're ever going to be able to do that, buddy. As much as that hurts, I, it hurts. But I'm sorry. No, thank you. <laughs> um, okay, uh, I will go next. Um, oh man. So, with watching a bunch of stuff I've never seen before, I have watched a lot of a lot of shit this year already. So, oh, man. I'm trying to decide between two. Um. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go with a sequel. Um, I watched the original recently, uh, which I had heard good things about from my good friend Cody. He had said, "Tim, uh, I think you'd enjoy this movie." Uh, well, Tim, when Tim gets into, he goes all in. So I bought the trilogy, and I watched the first one. Thought it was fine. Liked it. But Escape Plan 2 Hades is a, is a treat. And the macaw is here to talk about it. He's been asleep. Good. Your child is asleep. Um, Escape Plan 2 Hades. Let me tell you about this movie. Uh, Maggie kept asking if we were going to watch um, uh, Escape Room 2 Hades as well recently because we kept mixing up. I literally watched all three Escape Plan movies and both uh escape room movies in the course of like a week um but this was a straight to dvd blu-ray sequel and it is the i i haven't watched a ton of like straight to dvd stuff this is the worst looking movie i think i've ever seen in my life that being said some of the action scenes i didn't hate um but the plot is just ridiculous it's just there for stallone to cash a paycheck they shot both of the movies pretty close back to back the second and the third one um schwarzenegger goes away and batista comes in and he's barely in the movie he has this kind of shit job it's just overall just like a mess of an action movie when like the first one is actually kind of like okay there's some fun stuff to have here between stallone and schwarzenegger in the prison thing um but in this one it's just it, it it's bad and uh the the third one was a little bit better uh but still bad but this was this was not good, uh, and I know Brian Michaels has seen it, so we'll go to him last. Uh, let's go to let's go to Cody Newberry. So when I pitched the first one, I watched the first one and no expectations. It's like a three, three and a half. It was a stupid turn off your brain. Interesting movie with Stallone and Schwarzenegger stuck in a prison. 
God, I've never even thought about looking at the second one or the third one. <laughs> and of course, you did. So I'm proud that you wasted your time with this. Um, no, I have not seen this. I won't watch this. I probably won't watch I honestly won't watch Escape Plan again, probably. It was that one nice one done, but... Uh, I'm glad that you're you're a completionist, and that's what we could we'll be able to put into your grave at the end. He saw everything yeah. through, and now I own all three on Blu-ray, so that that is as well. Uh, Caleb Boatman, have you seen Escape Plan Two: Hades? I know you're its biggest fan. What What do you think? I think you're its biggest fan. No, that's fair. Yeah, no, uh, I I assumed then Albert Brooks and Paul Giamatti are the two men who are are trapped and they have to escape. Yep. Uh, but really, what they have to escape is themselves. That sounds like my kind of movie. And they're drinking wine, doing my it. My escape plan uh, from Andre. What is this? Pace it. <laughs> I watched that movie. Give me that movie. So I've never Sean and Andre Gregor. So I've never seen this movie, but I'm going to use my time to say the boatman sounded a lot like Jay Baruchel from How to Train Your Dragon when he was talking just then. So I also dress like Jay Baruchel from The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Fair. That's accurate. Uh, Brian, I think you and I are the only people on the planet that have seen this movie. <laughs> yeah. This, um, well, basically, the first okay, the first one I saw is Escape Land, and I actually thought it was actually a pretty decent movie. I want to say I gave it like three and a half stars. I'm like, this is actually, you know, you go into it knowing what you're getting, and it's fun. The problem is you go into this one also knowing what you're getting because this is clearly one of those just straight-to-video movies where, you know, half the stars you put on the cover are going to be in the movie for five minutes. And then then your movie is carried by people like, you know, 50 Cent and Jesse Metcalf and things like that. And it's just – this is a movie that that if you try to describe to me what the worst kind of – the cliched kind of straight-to-video, straight-to-VOD movie is, this is what you'd get. It's just – Clearly, low, low, much lower budget than the original. Clearly, uh, not um, anywhere near the same level of cast, production value, writing, anything about it. It was just like, hey, let's cash in on people like Tim that will blind buy it because it has the same name on it, and because of how to have Blu-rays. So, sorry, I, I like <laughs> I, I like buying Blu-rays. It was four ninety nine. Um, okay, that was a big yawn. Okay, uh, we're gonna go over to Cody, uh, who's gonna give us his worst. Okay, so there's a lot of movies that I could have picked. Um, tune into uh, YLS tomorrow to <laughs> so pick one of the, to hear pick one of the worst about. movies I've ever watched in my entire life. I'm so and I will talk about it in depth. Um, oh, I could have went with a lot of choices. I could have went with Denzel Washington and Bob Hoskins and Heart Conditions, where a white man gets a black man's heart and stays racist after the fact. Um, what? I could have. Yes, that's great. Crazy. Um, I could have picked both of the Percy Jackson films because those things were absolute garbage and don't know how those were even made. Um, I also could have went with, hold on, I had it. Um, okay, so I, I had COVID. I got COVID over the, this past week, and it killed, it didn't kill me, but it about killed me. I, I thought it was, I'm, I'm kind of dramatic, but I thought I was dying. Um, and I laid in bed for like three days straight. Um, and I said to a group chat, and I said, hey, I need movies. Pick a random year, pick a movie, just throw it to me so I can watch it. And um, the worst thing ever is when Nazario Montenegro sends in a suggestion. Because I'm not going to have a good time. It's not. Um, but I, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. And he sent me this movie from 2001. It's called Bully. Called what? Um, it's called Bully. Bully. 
Bullet? Uh, bully. Bully. Oh, bully. Sorry. Like the video game. Oh. Nice! I was going to make that same joke! But not as good as the video game. I promise oh. you that. Um, this has got ratings from both uh, Mike and Azaro at five stars apiece. This got a whopping one star from me. Um, this is a TV movie. Uh, the best thing I can ever say, this is about a TV movie. All the characters are in it are absolutely 100% unlikable. They're just not, they're not likable in any way. Um, they basically, this guy, main guy named Marty gets bullied by this one guy, basically controls his entire life. And basically him finding the group and stands up against that and the actions that follow beyond that. Um, the acting in it is absolutely laughable at points. Like there's supposed to be like heartfelt moments and stuff like that. And it's just awful. It's just awful. Um, through and through. Um, and then there's like fight scenes that happen and wow, those are even worse. Um, there's actually uh, one of the most uncomfortable scenes I've ever watched in a movie too happens in this movie. And it, pays off negatively towards the characters that try to, like, get revenge for it, so it's really weird. Um, yeah, I don't recommend this movie for anybody. Um, Mike and Nazario, of course, they probably were just like, oh, this movie is groundbreaking. Uh, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. I would not watch it. Uh, but yeah, Bully. Never heard of it, never seen it, probably won't ever see it. Um, when Nazario gives something a five star, um, and Cody gives it a one, I probably trust Cody. Uh, Boatman, what about you? No. It's fair. Uh, Brian. I've heard of it, and I've seen bits and pieces of it. I've never watched the whole thing. So I just never had any interest in it. I mean, it's from the guy who directed, like, Kids and some of those other, like, really independent movies. And your lead is Brad Renfro. It's like, yeah, I'm not interested. And what about you, Payson? Yeah, I was going to say, I saw it was directed by Larry Clark, and I'm like, that doesn't seem like a Cody director. But Cody's right. The video game slaps. It's an awesome game. (laughs) Love Yeah. Rockstar, am I right? All right. Uh, Bowman, your pick for worst. My pick for worst. I'm trying to debate if I should pick the worst of the week or the worst one I watch over break. And I think that actually, you know what? No, I, I'm going to pick an even worse one of the There was a little franchise that I engaged upon. I watched the films in. And that franchise was the Halloween films. Oh, yeah, there it is. Hmm. So now we get the question What is the worst Halloween film in Caleb Boatman's opinion? And this is something. Did you watch all of them? No, I watched a good chunk of them. I did not watch every single. There are two I haven't. Three I haven't. But regardless. Of the ones I watched, the one that made me the most mad was Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. There it is. <laughs> what is happening in this movie? What? Why? Why is... So, so Michael Myers is not evil, like, because of this or that. No, it's because there's just an evil cult that makes your children evil or something. What? What? There's a cult? Why, why is Paul Rudd doing an awful Jack Nicholson impression? Why? 
Why? Why do we just completely retcon everything from every single Halloween movie? Like, well, it's no secret. Every Halloween movie hates every other Halloween movie. Halloween two hates Halloween one. Halloween three just doesn't like the concept of it being a Halloween movie. Halloween four hates Halloween three for pulling that bullshit. Halloween five hates the ending of Halloween four for some reason. And Halloween six just takes a giant nuclear reactor and shoves it up everyone's ass. No. No. <laughs> Halloween 6 is awful. I hate it. I want it to stop. Uh, yeah, so if you know me, I love this franchise. Um, I love these movies, even the bad ones. Um, but this one's irredeemable. Um, there are two that I hate with a strong, strong passion. It is this one, and it is Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. The second Rob Zombie one, I think they're both irredeemable. Nothing great about them. The only thing I can point to that is kind of cool in this one is the costume design of Michael Myers is actually good in this one. Uh, in As much as I love Halloween 4, the, the look of Michael in 4 and 5 is just a little too clean for me. This one, he looks dirty and gross, and that's, that's the Michael Myers I like. Um, I want to play a game with you guys. I think this is going to be fun. Um, I'm on Letterboxd, obviously. Uh, looking at the ratings and stuff for this movie as I go. There are three half stars, um, seven one-star ratings, five one-and-a-halves, three twos, two two-and-a-halves, and one four-and-a-half-star rating for this movie. Somebody in this community gave this movie a four-and-a-half-star rating. I'm going to read your, you the review, and I want to see if anyone can get it. The review reads... This movie fucking rules in every conceivable way. Not necessarily as a movie, as a standalone movie, it's kind of hackneyed, but it is so beyond satisfying as a Halloween fan to finally get some sort of closure to the Michael Myers saga. I don't follow the, I don't follow this person if that's the I'm gonna erase my answer then because I don't think I had the right answer. I was already there looking when you started this, so I can't play. I already know. No, yeah, about. my mine goes up the highest is three stars, and it was Mike Hanley. So you have somebody I don't follow. I would not have expected this either. Um, so my original guess was gonna be Michael Campbell, but Michael Campbell would have just posted something snarky and kind of funny, and he would have left it there. Let's just say oh you don't God. want to forget about this person. Dustin Mason. Mason? The other oh, side of it. Dominic Rizzi <laughs> gave this movie a four and a half out of five. Which is bonkers to me. I mean, it's dumb, so he was probably on a... Yeah, well, I'll leave it <laughs> Cody, what do you think about this one? Well, I haven't seen it. Um, I'm a big fan. Like, 1978's Halloween is like my... One of my all-time favorite horror movies. And I love 2018. Um... Halloween kills his ass. Um, but uh, when Nazario and Mike, um, Nazario and Mike have a well, Mike has it a three. Nazario has it one and a half, and Michael Campbell has one and a half. This is clearly not a great film. This entire community has this at least like way beyond like low. So there's no reason to ever like pop this in. Like I'm not coming back to fandom. So overall, like, I'll never have to watch this movie, and I couldn't even like force myself to start it because if it's if you guys Brian has it at a half a star, 
Brian has the that's a rating he doesn't throw out like to anything. Like and that's oh half God. star I usually throw out only because there's no zero star option. Exactly. So no, no, thank you. I'm not I'm not gonna force myself to watch something that bad. Uh Brian. Yeah, half star. Um I, I'm not a huge Halloween fan of the whole franchise, so I hadn't watched this one until I, again, watched it for trivia reasons uh, probably two years ago. But I went into this one thinking, you know what? It's got Paul Rudd in it. Maybe it'll at least be entertaining. This, But this movie, like, I, I can't really say much more than, you know, Caleb already did. It's just, it's complete dog shit. And it spends so much time retconning everything they've ever done. It almost has less in common with the Halloween franchise than Halloween 3 does, and that was a standalone film. You know, so it's like, I, it just, I've only seen the producer's cut, and I don't know if that's better or worse than the theatrical cut, but all I know is the version I saw is, is in fact, dog shit. Both versions are bad. Uh, Payson. Uh, I have only seen three Halloween movies. The first one, 2018 one, Halloween Kills. Love the first one. Halloween, the 2018 one, it's all right, and Halloween Kills is pretty shit. I will say I can hear Boatman talk about the Halloween franchise for hours. This man is very entertaining. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for the beginning. Somebody give him um, Halloween on, uh, on uh, Fan Zone. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. We're going to move on to the main part of the show. We're talking about our disaster movies. So uh, we're going to make our list. Uh, for the week, uh, each of us is going to supply two films uh, for the disaster movies. So, hmm, who do I want to start with? I don't want someone to take my pick. Um, you go first. But my movie's bad, so I kind of want to sprinkle it in the middle. Let's just keep going around the way we have. Payson, why don't you kick us off? Okay. Uh, I'm going to pick a slightly off-kilter one. It's maybe not one you think immediately when you think of disaster, but I'm going to take it. Uh, what do you th- I, I don't like the Facebook. Just make Okay. Uh, you know what's a disaster? A global pandemic. That's why I'm taking 2011's Contagion. Uh, I think this movie is a really, really well-done movie. Uh, Steven Soderbergh. I haven't seen a ton of his movies, but... The majority of the stuff I've seen from him, I've seen his good movies. And this is one of those movies, um, this movie kind of depressing to watch nowadays because for obvious reasons. Uh, but I still think it's really good. Uh, it really shows like how severe like a pandemic to this proportion can get. Um, I think the cast is incredible. Uh, uh, you got Matt Damon in there. You got Gwyneth Paltrow in there for a little bit. Uh, spoilers kind of. Jude Law, Elliot Gould, a bunch of other people. Um and yeah, I I watched this movie last year, uh, two years ago, when everyone else was watching it, and I really really like it. And it's one of my favorite disaster movies. Yeah, um, I saw this when it came out, and I thought it was fine. Um, rewatching it uh, in twenty twenty um, was was definitely interesting. Um, I'm not the biggest Soderbergh fan in general. Um, I'm very hit or miss with his movies. Like I I, I get flack a lot for um you know not like worshiping at the altar of the oceans trilogy so um i i just his movies don't really speak to me there are some i really like like he did logan lucky right um yes yeah i liked that um i think some of his more recent stuff is is interesting i didn't like the laundromat but i enjoyed logan lucky i thought unsane was interesting but kind of missed the mark so i 
just his newer stuff is what I've seen more of because I'm I try to stay really up to date with new movies. Um, but this one I thought was one of the better ones of his, but it still didn't really speak to me all the way. So um, it's got really good performances though, and um, some cool some cool moments in it. Um, so yeah, uh, Cody. Um, I did not watch this up until the pandemic, and I don't think I'm going to watch it now until this pandemic is over, overall. I don't, you know, it's kind of a horror movie that we get to live every day, and I'm kind of not interested in that. Steven Soderbergh's hit or miss for me, too. More miss than hit, um, to be honest with you. Um, Like, I like Logan Lucky. I like the Oceans movie, but I don't seek out any of the movies. He's got one of the movies I watched because Jake gave it to me, even that I consider awful. Um, But, yeah, I don't risk going into a lot of Soderbergh movies. So, yeah, it's fine. Good choice, I guess. You're muted. I love when the hands go together and nothing comes out. I remember back in March I watched this movie. Or I didn't watch this movie. Back in March, everyone else was watching this movie. March 2020. March 2020. Two years ago. Two years ago, yes. It's 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 been 2020 for two years. I'm sorry. This is still 2020. I'm not going to poison a, a new year with this. We're, we're, this is still 2020 until things get good. <laughs> anyway. Back in March, the first March of 2020, uh, everyone was watching this movie, and I was like, no, don't. And I never did watch this movie. All right. Uh, Brian? Um, yeah, I, I watched this movie back when it first came out, and I actually, I, I really did enjoy it. It's, it's kind of, well, I don't know if enjoy is the right word, because it's the kind of movie that you watch. Like you said, it is kind of like watching a horror movie. Because you're watching this thing going down, but of course, back then you're thinking this is like this fantastical thing, and then uh, of course, course then you know, you know, back in March 2020, I was one of the people like, you know what, I'm going to watch this movie again now. So, so I watched it again, and it it, you kind of watch it in a whole new light, and it's uh, it's even worse. Um, But I mean, I think it's a well-made movie. I think that uh, that this is towards the end of Soderbergh's more mainstream stuff because now he's kind of a lot of experimental kind of things he likes to get into nowadays um his best film to me will still always be out of sight uh which i really enjoy but uh but this one i mean it's got a great cast everybody does a good job i, li- I like it how at the end they kind of backtrack and show you where it all started and how it got you know how that came about um yeah good choice what was the name of that Soderbergh movie that came out a couple years after calm down it came out a couple years after this it had channing tatum and I want to say Rooney Mara. Do you want her? Side, side, effects. Effects. side effects. I like that one. That's that, that was interesting. Thank you. I could not think of the name of that fucking movie to save my life. Um, okay. Brian, why don't you go next? Um, I still haven't decided what I want to pick for my other pick. So I'm going to uh, – that will probably be a little bit more traditional. So I'm going to go with a little bit more untraditional uh, disaster flick. And that is uh, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Nice. Um, this is a movie that kind of begins where most of the other disaster movies end, you know, like Armageddon and things like that, where they've, you know, sent someone up to try and destroy the asteroid that's about to hit Earth. This one starts off with the radio saying that their mission to, you know, divert it has failed, the shell's been destroyed, the world's going to end. Um, 
so everybody knows they have they have a limited amount of time. Like I think it's two weeks before the before the meteor is going to hit, and you're all going to die. And so this movie kind of explores kind of a side you don't see in most disaster movies, where it's like there's no getting around it. We're all going to die, and it's just a matter of how do people handle that. And there are some people committed suicide. Some people are you know trying to finish their bucket lists. Some people are going, you know, just doing everything they couldn't do before. They're going off and heroin parties and they're having orgies and all kinds of things. Um, and it's just kind of exploration of like different people and how they handle this. And the main characters, of course, Steve Carell and Kira Knightley, uh, they end up going on this road trip because he wants to uh, go see this old love of his, uh, who was kind of the one that got away. And she wants to try and get uh, to a plane to get back to see her family in England before they all die. And so it comes, comes this road trip and, you know, they kind of, you know, meet lots of different people along the way. It's um, the first half of it is uh, a lot more comedic than the back half. I actually kind of wish it had kept up kind of the comedy, but it kind of got more into a touching, more like a drama relationship after that, which it's still a good movie. But I, I really did enjoy the first half of it a lot more. Um, it did have a lot of great, you know, cameos from everybody from Adam Brody again it has uh, uh, Pat Oswalt shows up in it. William Peterson. Uh, you don't really see in comedy as much. He shows up as a guy who basically has hired a hitman to kill him, you know, because he doesn't want to know when he's going to die. He wants to just happen to him. So it's nice seeing him in a comedy for once. But uh, this is just a movie. It's kind of it's just kind of a different take on the disaster movie. Instead of just showing the destruction, it's more like how people are dealing with it. And I like that. Yeah, this had been on my watch list since it came out. I remember seeing the the ads for it and being really intrigued by it. And it never got like a big wide release. So it just kind of went over my head when it came out. Um, but I actually watched this during uh, the pandemic. Uh, I um, It was one that I watched late in 2020. And um, I really liked it. I thought it was really good. Um, it I agree with Brian. It does some stuff in the second half that's super dramatic in, in, in a good way. I thought they handled it really well. Um, the ending I thought was really effective and yeah. actually it, it was one of those movies where I was having such a good time watching it and it ended and I just didn't think about anything else for a good few days. The ending really got me. Um, uh, so I highly recommend this one. Um, it's, it, you can find it really cheap on, on streaming stuff. If it, I don't think it's, it's on HBO max right now. Is it on HBO? Okay. Yeah. So I think I, I think I bought it on voodoo, but, um, if it's on HBO max, I would definitely recommend watching it. Um, I thought it was really great. So, Cody, have you seen this? I have not. We're two for two that I have not seen. Um, it's always been on like a watch, like want to see at some point, but never like got around to it. I really like Steve Carell, but um, yeah, just haven't gotten to it. Bowman? Uh, yeah, I've not seen this movie. I remember the poster of it when I was 12, and that was like everywhere. And I was like, oh, that's an odd title for a movie. And that's my main reaction to it. Yeah. All right, Paisen. Uh, I have not seen this one. I've heard the name of the movie, and I've heard good things. But uh, looking at the cast list, I'm going to make someone ha very happy right now. It stars Julian Jacobs, who plays Britta in Community, and that's a great show. So watch that show. It's awesome. There you go. All right. Um, I will go next. Um, nobody's picked my bad pick so far. So I actually – I'm going to go with uh, uh, one that – I think not a lot of people watched because um, this was supposed to come out in theaters um, in 2020. It ended up just getting a straight to uh, digital release. Um, I ended up picking it up on Blu-ray and 
was super surprised by it because the marketing does not do this movie justice. Greenland, um, it stars Gerard Butler, and I always butcher her name. Um, the Marina Baccarin. Tristan Deadpool. What's her name, Brian? Marina Baccarin or Baccarin, depending yes, on who you ask. Yes, her. Um, they are, uh, there's asteroids coming to Earth, going to just fuck shit up, and they're trying to get to sa a safe place. And like Seeking a Friend, this one is way more focused on the how the people are dealing with it type thing. You get big disaster sequences in this one, unlike uh, Seeking a Friend. You get disaster sequences in this one. But this one, no comedy, builds tension really, really well. I think this is one of Gerard Butler's best performances. Because he's, you know, he does movies like Olympus has fallen, and then a couple, a few years ago, he did Geostorm. So you see his name in a trailer, and asteroids are falling, and he's running around, and you automatically assume this is going to be like this big action movie. And there's way more like heart and depth to it. And I was really shocked by it. Maggie and I watched it together, and she was like, Oh, I'm not, this is going to suck. And we both wound up really enjoying it. Um, and I, I found myself surprisingly moved by a lot of the, the stuff they were doing in it. Um, I thought it was really good. And no, not a lot of people have seen it um, because I think the advertising kind of sold it as another like Geostorm-like movie. Um, but I thought it was more than that. Um, I might be overselling it. I don't know. Um, it's not like the best movie ever made. But considering what I thought it was going to be, what we actually got, I liked quite a bit. Uh, so, Cody... Three for three on not seen? I'm not. You told me about this, and I am uh, Gerard Butler, and um, I just watched Olympus Has Fallen. Um, White House Town, the superior one, I will stand by that. Um, but um, overall, uh, Gerard Butler is just a perfect person for action movies, but I, I, I'm interested to see when he's not – what. It, what that movie looked like, and you've told me about it. I just have never. I tried to get my kid to watch it with me, and he was like, "That looks terrible." I was like, "Well, my friend says it's good. I don't care what your friend says." And we didn't watch it. So then we watched Percy Jackson. So let me tell you his taste. So um, overall, um, yeah, I'll check it out one day. Bowman. Yeah, you know this is not a Bowman topic. <laughs> You're trash kid. That's fair. Uh, Brian, did you get a chance to see this? Yeah, I, I saw this one back when it, when it first hit. Um, and I agree with you completely that the marketing for this sold it as a very different movie than it is. Um, because it looks like just another you know day after tomorrow kind of thing or whatever, where there's just world-ending destruction and meteorites raining down on the Earth. And that's pretty much all the trailer is. And those scenes are in there. But of course, any scene that has that is shown in the trailer. Because I think the the closest comparison I can make to this movie, I think is world war Z um, because that movie, while there was, you know, they, they definitely the scenes of the zombie hordes and things like that. It was really more about the family and the people trying to survive and they, you know, would get separated and trying to get back to each other and the bureaucracy they have to deal with trying to get around to, to move around the country on um, the way society is breaking down, uh, you know, things like that. And they have to, and, and the same things with this movie where most of the movies it is more of a, 
family drama is family getting separated and trying to get, you know, find each other, get back together. And just once in a while, you know, there's a random scene of destruction in the middle of it. Um, so I think that if you go in looking for your typical popcorn earth destruction film, you're going to be disappointed. I think if you go into this film knowing what it is, it's actually pretty good. And I would, I would recommend it. Mason, did you get a chance to see this? Uh, I did not. I kind of just wrote it off as like a dumb Gerard Butler action movie, but hearing yourself makes me a lot more interested in it. All right. Uh, Cody, we are going to move on to you for your first pick. So there's a lot of movies that I can go. And I'm looking this up. You can Disaster can be – it can be a small yeah. disaster. It can be a massive disaster. So you can go with really anything. Um, I'm going to go with not the one that some people think I'm going to go with. I'm going to save that one because it is coming up, but it's okay. not going to be this one. Uh, I'm going to go with 1996's Twister. Um, that's what I, I thought you were going to do. Oh, no, there's another one that's coming. Twister is something that, um, well, being where living where I live, it's actually like more of a reality than like people like like that from different parts of the world understand like i'm in tornado alley um me and boatman are pretty close to it um so tornadoes and like those sirens going off is a real thing around here and me but living with it we also have like the calming like eh, it's not probably as bad as it actually seems um because it goes off a little bit more but like twister with uh bill paxton helicon and Philip Seymour Hoffman, like this entire thing of like weather chasers hunting down the twisters, which I think is one of the stupidest jobs in the history of the universe. I've always thought that, but it's, I understand like maybe the thrill ride behind it, but this movie is the extreme. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Carrie Elways is the bad guy in this movie doing a terrible hick accent, which is also great, but like the hunt down to like, get this thing, get the the machine to track the tornado and how it goes and sees how it twists. Um, it's just really good. This movie is like kind of different than most disaster movies because in those movies, I don't really care about like the actors normally. I'm like, how did the F5, how did the twister perform? Did it destroy shit? Cool. Like, I'm game for that. That's all I need. But this one actually has really great performances. I think Philip Seymour Hoffman's really good in it. I think he's good in mostly anything he is. And even Helen Hunt and um, Bill Paxton like a like they show that they can actually be like a like ex husband and wife like dealing through this twister that's going through Iowa. Um, so uh, yeah, I if you haven't seen it, a lot of people have, but I it's always if it's always on, I will definitely check it out. And um, it was always a great uh, attraction in uh, Orlando uh, to go to visit. Uh, but yeah, twister. Um, Cody recently actually got on my case about this one. I, I haven't seen it in a really, really long time. And I think my letterboxed uh, grade was a little lower than Cody cared, liked. Liked. Uh, I don't, I honestly don't remember what I had it at, but he wasn't too happy with me. I, I, I'm looking right now. I had it at a two. Uh, so he wasn't, he wasn't super happy about that one. Um, this was, this was a movie that was on a lot in my house because my sisters were teenagers when this came out. Um, so they, they were, uh, big fans of this. We had the VHS tape and, um, I honestly just remember being terrified of it because I grew up in Indiana. Um, and so 
that this was also a reality <laughs> for for us. Uh, and uh, so I was I remember just being terrified of this movie, but I haven't seen it in a really long time. I bet if I watched it now, I would like it a lot more. Is it on Blu-ray? If it is, then I then I'll I absolutely it is. All right, uh, Boatman. Just get the Blu-ray. Get the 4K. Okay, I'm going to be careful. You've watched this one. I have watched this one. Yay! This is a movie I've seen. I watched it on Call with Cody. Not not a Super Boatman movie. Bill Paxton is great. Philip Seymour Hoffman is great. Not a Super Boatman movie. I just don't think disaster movies are my thing at the end of the day. I bet if, I bet if uh, Paul Newman was in one, you'd love it. Or oh, Inferno. Inferno. We're not done. Well, uh, Brian. Into one of those. <laughs> uh, Brian. Uh, well, I'm glad, actually, he picked this because I'm still trying to narrow down what I was going to pick for mine, the other one, and this was definitely one because this is this is the best disaster flick. This this is the best one by far. Um, I mean, it's got a great cast from top to bottom, and, and it's the kind of cast I love where it's not any like superstar actors. It's made up of a lot of people who are usually supporting roles, things like that. Your lead is Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt. Um, you know, and he's already and Philip Seymour Hoffman back when he was just, you know, when he was just kind of being goofy and fun and not such a dramatic actor, which I mean, he's great at both kinds, but it's like nice to see him lighten up once in a while. Um, I mean, the, the action, it's, it's just, it's definitely the definition of a popcorn movie because there's so many things in this movie, especially like the very ending scene where it's just like so beyond believable that it's like, okay, they, they push, they push believability a little too far. But it's just fun, and especially at the time it came out, I mean, the special effects that make these things look real were just so amazingly done. Um, I actually love the way this film looks. is directed by Jan DeBont, who, who also did Speed, which I love. He's a cinematographer for stuff like Hunt for Red October and Die Hard. So, you know, obviously I, I like his style of filmmaking. So that worked out real well. Um, but yeah, this is this is still probably one of my favorite disaster films there is. Payson. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as Tim where I saw it a long time ago, but I think it's fun. Very, very fun movie. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is a legend, and we stand, and we will always appreciate him. And Bill, ha Bill Pax is also obviously a legend as well. Uh, Carrie always held it at Helen Hunt. Uh, but yeah, this is a fun movie. Uh, Jan DeBont, as we said, great cinematographer, can make decent movies. Speed is awesome, but this one's very fun too. So yeah, good movie. I will say, don't don't watch this movie on a computer screen. You got to see it on the biggest screen you can with the best sound system. It's amazing. Yeah. All right. Um, let's move on to Boatman. Your first pick. All right. Uh, I'm going with The Impossible. Uh, this being the fallout of a tsunami. Uh, this is just a super intense movie. Like this is a movie where the actual disaster happens like is over by like the first 40 minutes of the movie and like then it's like the fallout like looking at the fallout and ever even then after the disaster over it still keeps the intensity if not even having the intensity of just like this family being separated because really that's what you want you're, you're like clutching on just hoping that this family makes it out okay because it's really it, there's a lot of moments that really hit you hard emotionally uh everyone in this movie is fantastic uh ewan mcgregor's great naomi watts is incredible like she's amazing in this movie and tom holland 
you can tell like this kid was gonna be great because he's he's really good in this movie. Everyone's great. It's got a lot of good intensity. Um, yeah. Also, I I enjoy being on this show even if I don't necessarily love this topic. It's okay, Boatman. You don't need to defend yourself. Boat, I love you. You're awesome. Um, uh, but, uh, hey, hey, I know you like Tom Holland and The Impossible, but it's not your time to talk. Um, <laughs> I saw this in the theater, and I, I said enough. Oh my god. Was, okay, okay, that makes sense. I was the only person in the theater when I saw this. And luckily, that was the case because I, I wept like the whole movie. This movie is so intense. Um, I think everything Boatman said is 100% accurate. All the performances, great. The actual disaster scenes are done really, really well. Um, this was a lot, showed a lot of promise for J.A. Bayona. Unfortunately, I don't think he's quite hit the mark since. I thought. Obviously, Jurassic World, like, I, I like it because I think it's stupid, but it's not a good movie. Um, and I thought A Monster Calls was fine to good, but not great like this. I think this is a really great pick. I didn't even think about this one. Um, this is a great call, Boatman. Uh, Cody. I watched, like, 30 minutes of this movie, and I didn't finish it. Not that it was bad, but I started at the wrong, wrong point. Like, I... I had to go, and I just never came back to it. Not that it was bad, but it's pretty intense, so I didn't, like, just dive back in when I needed to. So I'll finish it. It looked really good what I saw, but I just I didn't finish it. All right, Brian. Yeah, this is another one I considered talking about because it's, it's very well done. And like you said, the, the actual, like, initial uh, tsunami, the destruction of that, I think that scene is very well done. I think that the movie really hits its stride though kind of once you get to the family it's now been separated all trying to find each other things like that my only complaint about this movie when it came out was that so much of it relies on coincidence people just happen to run into each other in the right places things like that but uh it's a minor nitpick and it's still a very well done movie uh payson uh, i haven't seen it but i've heard wonderful things all right uh payson we're gonna go back to you for your second pick yeah so like we said disaster can mean a lot of things so we're gonna stretch that a little uh, you know what sucks? You know what's a disaster? Giant monsters. You know how you take care of giant monsters? Jaegers? Jaegers, baby! We're talking about Pacific Rim 2013. Oh, man. You describe Pacific Rim to someone, they're like, that sounds like the dumbest movie. You show Pacific Rim to anyone, they walk out and they're like, that was a lot of fucking fun. Because it is. It is just, you are watching the imagination of of just one of the most creative people in the world just get free reign to make whatever he wants it and he just makes an amazing movie where just robots and aliens are fighting each other uh do i really remember the characters too much no but at the end of the day this is a disaster movie and we are present we are preventing a disaster and we are going to use those robots to prevent those disasters as tim said they are called jaegers one could call them jaeger bombs because they'd be dropping bombs because they're so cool but no pacific rim is amazing describe this movie uh i am going to take a slight quote from lonely islands i just had sex pacific rim can make a nice man out the meanest which I think is the perfect way to describe this movie because it just fills you with so much joy. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, I like this movie a lot. I'm a big Del Toro fan. 
Yeah. Um, so this isn't one of my favorite movies of his because it's incredibly stupid. Charlie Hunnam, a, a guy I actually like in the right role. I think he's really good in Crimson Peak. Um, I've heard that he's good in Sons of Anarchy, but I've never watched it. But in the right roles, I actually like him quite a bit. Um, I, I, he's terrible in this movie. He's all the acting. So what was the big Idris Elba line that he said in the trailer? Like, oh, that's a good point. You look that up, Payson. I want to hear that. Yeah. Uh, we're calling off the apocalypse or something like that? Yeah, we're calling off the apocalypse. Uh, we're canceling yeah, the apocalypse. Canceling the apocalypse, yeah. That is, yeah, yeah, um, So... <laughs> The sequel to this movie is it's one of the worst shit. movies I've ever seen in my life. Dog shit. It is so bad. But the first one, if you're going to it purely just to see the monsters and the robots fight, you're going to have a great time. If you're looking for story and Oscar-worthy performances, nowhere to be found. Uh, all the acting from everyone is really bad. Charlie Day is terrible. Um, like I said, even Idris Elba is not doing his best work. Um but that being said, I agree with Payson where you're giving unlimited amounts of money to one of the most creative minds working today um, who never makes a bad looking movie. And this this one is the same way. So I like it. I don't love it, uh, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Cody, Caleb, you, Cody, you look pissed. Caleb, I Hate Fun Coho gave it four stars. So This is a disaster movie. Yes, it is. This this is such a bullshit stretch. I don't I don't have a problem with the movie. I like the movie, but no, this is I would not consider this a disaster movie. I I would consider this like a monster movie or like that, but I wouldn't consider like this an absolute like disaster. Like whatever, pacing, stretching, stretching the, the term limits there. Um, it's a good movie, sure. Second one's absolutely the worst thing. One of the worst movies I've seen. It's so bad, but first one's fun. So yeah. It'd be Bowman. great for another list. Uh yeah. Um this this is absolutely a Bowman movie, all right. Giant robots fighting giant lizards. I've actually seen this one. Um, but so maybe it isn't a disaster movie then. Uh, <laughs> but it's this is this is, again, not my kind of movie, but there are things about this one I actually do really appreciate. I think this one is going for just fun, and I, I like that. Like, it's clearly just trying to be fun and not take itself too seriously, which I appreciate. Charlie Day, I stand by, is super funny in this movie. Like, he's he's super funny. And no one's, like, awful. No one's awful. Andrew Barr once said I was Charlie Day in this movie, which I don't know if that's accurate. I don't really agree with that. He said it, so you can, you can poo-poo on him. Brian. You know, it. Uh, Payson said that, you know, when you hear about this thing, you think it sounds completely stupid, but then you come out of this movie going, hey, that was a hell of a lot of fun. Um, I was kind of the opposite. You know, I hear the concept, I'm like, this sounds like a kick-ass movie. I would love to see this movie. And I came out of this going, eh, that wasn't as good as I hoped it'd be. Um, it's not a bad movie. It's it's an it's enjoyable. I think gave it like three stars in my, in my review of it, but it's like, I don't know. It's just the the actors for the most part, especially from Charlie Hunnam and some of these people are just some of the blandest people they have in there. Um, the, the actual fight scenes in this first one take place so much in the dark. You can't tell what's going on half the time. Um, you have these giant, you have all this technology instead of blasting these monsters, you say, what's the best thing we can do? Let's just punch them. Let's put all our energy into punching them. I was just like, 
that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is. It's fine. I didn't dislike it, but it, I don't love it. All right. Uh, Brian, we'll go to your next pick. Um, all right. Well, since he took Twister, you know what? I'm going to go with another one probably nobody's seen, but oh well, I'll talk about it anyway. Um, there's a movie from, I don't have the year in front of me, uh, Paul Walker movie called Hours. Not to be confused with The Hours. Um, this is a movie that takes place. Uh, it actually was it was released after Paul Walker died, but I was um, I think it was the first one released after he died. I don't even know if it went to theaters. Uh, it takes place during Hurricane Katrina. 2013, does that sound right? Sounds about right, I think. It takes place during uh, Hurricane Katrina. Um, basically, Paul Walker is a guy. He's at, at a hospital. Um, his wife is you know going into labor. So he has a hospital basically when Hurricane Katrina is happening. Um, his newborn baby is born, but it has to be on a ventilator and stuff because it's having issues and his wife dies in childbirth. Meanwhile, the, uh, the hurricane hits and the whole place starts flooding things like that. People are evacuating the hospital. Uh, he can't go anywhere because his baby's on a ventilator. So they got to wait till somebody can come back and uh, second trip and get them. But then people that don't end up making it back because they're cut off by the, by the flooding and everything. So basically he's alone in this hospital trying to keep his baby alive because this ventilator is on has a bad battery. It's it only lasts like three minutes at a time. He has to use this hand crank generator. He can get another three minutes on it, which makes it impossible to like go look for help because he has to, you know, he can only go so far before he can come back and have to recharge the generator. Um, they're running out of the, the IV, whatever they got going into the baby to help feed it, things like that. And it's just, it's a real, I mean, you, you know, Paul Walker from, you know, either, you know, comedies like she's all that or for like the fast and the furious movies where he's just doing kind of dumb action. And this one, he's definitely, Paul Walker's still playing Paul Walker. I mean, he's still got that kind of, you know, personality to him. But it's actually a good, convincing, dramatic performance. Because, I mean, there's a guy who's just lost his wife, who has this newborn baby he's stuck with. And it's, it's basically trying to survive long enough uh, in, in the middle of this disaster for the baby to live. Um, meanwhile, you got he's got problems with, you know, not just the floodwaters coming in, the power's going out. There's looters show up at one point. Um, the helicopter that he almost gets to come save him, he almost is able to signal them on the roof, but it gets scared off by, you know, people on another building that are shooting at it with guns because they want to be saved first and all these things. And it's just, a, it's a movie that I think not a lot of people saw, but it's actually a, a good performance from Paul Walker. Yeah, I've never seen it. I've never even heard of this, but I just looked it up and I, it sounds interesting. I'm going to add it to the watch list. So, uh, Cody? I haven't seen it either. Again, this, I love this this subject matter but i just haven't seen some of the ones you guys are throwing out uh bowman nope i haven't seen this one either Basin. first time i've heard about it haven't seen it well i make for interesting conversation don't i yeah should have gone my other pick okay all right uh we will get on to uh my next pick um guys once in a blue moon a movie comes along that will fit into any genre. And nothing is as big of a disaster as some hobbits climbing up. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm absolutely kidding. We are not going to talk about uh, Lord of the Rings. I mean, if Pacific Rim counts, sure. Yeah, right. Uh, what I am going to talk about is a movie that I feel is like really underrated. Um, and I, I earlier I said I have a bad pick, but now after looking through Letterbox, the ratings are actually kind of spread. So maybe I have some supporters behind this one. Um, 
But I am going with the uh, Steven Spielberg remake of War of the Worlds, the 2005 one with Tom Cruise. I fucking love this movie. Um, I've, I've seen the original, men, or the, I don't know if it's, there are many versions of the movie, but. The, the Robert Wise one? The one from the, is it the 30s or the 40s? The 50s, I, mean, I think. The 50s? Okay, see, I was way off. So, um, I've seen that one plenty of times, but this one, I just really, really connected to. It came out uh, when I was a teen, and uh, I just really dug it. I thought it was a cool sci-fi movie. It was the first like science fiction movie that I saw that was um, had almost. It's not really like a horror movie, but it has like some like some scary moments that uh, and stuff. And as a teenager, I just thought it was really, really cool. Um, and I rewatched it during the pandemic with Maggie because she had never seen either version. So we watched uh, both um, the '50s one and this one. And I don't know; it still it still hit for me. I thought Tom Cruise is this dad who is kind of a little bit of a deadbeat, but also like trying to do what's best for his kids. And his daughter is played by uh, Dakota Fanning, um, and then the son who's the actor's name i can't think of but he was on shameless and he was in a, a, some random ass movies justin chatwin thank you um i thought they were both really good and um my boy tim robbins shows up in this and is <laughs> fucking crazy um and i thought it was just a really good version of this story that's been kind of overdone many times um it's kind of hard for spielberg to make like an absolutely crap movie but for some reason in my head i just perceived that a lot of people didn't like this one but i really do um it's the version i would prefer to watch i think just a lot of the imagery and stuff is really interesting when everybody gets like vaporized and stuff it's super uh super intense and also just like the um a lot of the the imagery of the aliens and stuff and you the way that Spielberg holds back and doesn't show them until you get towards the end of the movie, like he does with like Jaws or something like that, I thought is, is was really great and it worked really well. So I I, I really like this one. Uh, Cody, have you seen this? Yeah, um, I enjoy it. Um, I know there will be some that won't like it as much. Uh, Tom Cruise is a terrible father in this movie, like an absolutely awful father. I do remember that. It's like. But <laughs> I think there's a part where he like runs away, like the kid refuses to go, so he just goes. Like he's like, fuck it, if you don't go, I'll leave you. Which is what every dad has ever threatened to do. Um I think there's like stupid parts, like I I don't want to give away the ending if you haven't seen it. Like I think that was always one of the nitpicks from this movie, like at the end of like what it ends or how they die or whatever. Um, but no, I had a lot of fun with this movie when and it came out right time frame for me, so I wasn't like over like overanalyzing and stuff. I could see anybody like past the ages of, you know, in their 20s or something seeing this movie that's probably not in love with it. But no, it worked for me. I like War of the Worlds. I haven't seen the original, but this one's fun. Plus, Tom Cruise just helps sell pretty much any movie, honestly. He's he's one of the last like true movie stars out there. Uh, Bowman. Uh, <laughs> weirdly enough, I've actually never seen this one. I feel like this is the Spielberg that you would have. I feel like I'm cutting out badly. You're you're cutting in and out a little bit. This is a disaster. That's fair. I've never I've never seen this one. 
Uh, I've heard that this is like Spielberg processing 9-11. I don't know if that's bullshit or not, but like that's what I've heard. I've, I'll even come back. That's fine. I have heard that um, she starts that thing before. Is that it, it is him uh, doing a like post nine eleven like topic thing? So uh, Brian, yeah, this is one. I mean, I, I, I saw and it really is kind of a, a good companion piece, to, like the alien invasion kind of movies. Because whereas those are always about you know the military going to fight them off and everything, this is just kind of people on the ground during during these alien invasions. And so it's kind of, you see like battles happening overhead and things like this, but they aren't part of them. And I find that very interesting. Um, I think uh, like any Spielberg film, I think it's a very well-made film. I think Tom Cruise does a good job. Um, Tim Robbins, I love him and his scene when he shows up. Um, my only complaint is the one that Cody already touched on. And I will spoil it because I don't give a shit because it's a, how, are you, how old is this movie, this story, you know, but it, it's that the movie is this great movie. And then it just ends. It's like, you know, they have this whole long journey. And then it's like, oh, and then they all died. I'm like, what the fuck? That, that's your ending to this movie? It's like, just it, it, it was such a letdown at the end there that it dropped the rating for me a little bit. But it's still a well-made film. Payson, what about you? Yeah, I saw this movie like you, maybe a little more than a few years back. But I think it's fun. Uh, like you, I believe that Alien Invasion is a disaster. Sorry, Cody. Uh, and yeah, um, I also think Tim Robbins is probably the best part of this movie. I think the scenes with him when they find his house is probably the part I enjoy the most. Um, I don't think what Brian said is really a spoiler, considering I knew about that in first grade. Like, <laughs> hey, you heard this stupid book called War of the Worlds where birds kill a bunch of shit? Uh, but yeah, this is a fun movie. Up until the end. All right. Uh, Cody, your second pick. So there's two options that I could go with. I could go with one of a giant ship that hits an iceberg and goes down and tells one of the best like stories that I absolutely the more I watch it, the more I enjoy it. The movie is absolutely incredible. But I'm gonna pick one that has a criteria. I don't know if I can it has a criteria, but this one has a criterion release. It does. It's about a bunch of oil drillers that go into space and take down an asteroid. We're talking about Armageddon. Michael Bay's classic film. I need somebody to mute him. I need him to stop talking. Gladly. Um, I need... This movie is chaos at the best level. Um, everybody always says, well, it's a bunch of jocks. It's a bunch of driller, oil drillers that go into space and take down this asteroid. And they could have taught a bunch of NASA... Uh, astronauts to do this. No, they couldn't. Because you know what? They don't have the on-the-job training. You can take the smartest people in the world and put them in any job scenario and be like, this is how you do this job. But the people that have been doing it the longest, that have the most experience, are the men for those jobs. You can take anybody to ride a ship or take a plane flight anywhere. What you can't teach is how to save the world uh aerosmith i don't want to miss a thing one of the greatest songs to be put in any movie ever um michael clark duncan owen wilson um bruce willis uh billy bob thornton uh this cast is so loaded and 
it was just fun from start to finish. I absolutely, this is a turn off my brain, have a ton of fun. Steve Buscemi, as he loses his mind up in space, uh, I always choke up at the end when Bruce Willis has to say his goodbyes. Um, it's just a great film. Um, I understand it's not an Academy Award for women winning film, and it wasn't directed by Albert Brooks and has like this notoriety wrapped around it. But sometimes you just have to fucking enjoy asteroids coming towards space and wrecking shit and a bunch of oil drillers that may have pants somebody in Iowa once time and grew up to be oil drillers. You know, they are allowed to go save the world. Not everything has to be PTSD. Enjoy Armageddon. Have fun. I will gladly watch this film with anybody. It's a lot of fun. Go it's getting personal. Jack Pinchuk, this movie's not actually on the Criterion Collection, so... No... Tim, it is. Oh, I own the Criterion Collection DVD of this movie. There, there is, is no way. Out of print. Tim, Tim, it's out of print, but there was a Criterion DVD in the 90s. Let's go! Was there actually? Yes. If anybody can send me this, it will be the one physical DVD I will own, and it will be the I, I apologize, Jack. I had no fucking clue. So here's the deal. I've never seen it. It is the only Michael Bay movie I've never seen. And it is on the to-do list. Um, I've, I've wanted to watch it because I know I would like it. Uh, but I have not seen it yet. Yeah, you would. And, and, and I and I know I would like it because I, I just I I know what it is, and it's a Tim movie. So uh, we're gonna go to Bowman last. Uh, Brian, I own the Criterion. That's <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and this is uh, exclusive director's cut, contains additional footage. Um, this is the most Michael Bay film that has ever existed. Uh, you can say what you want about his Transformers and stuff, but but th this Michael Bay, I, I'm not going to call this a good movie, but it is an entertaining as hell movie. I mean, it is the, exactly the kind of movie you go and just watch and have fun. The characters are caricatures, absolutely, but they're fun. The action, you know, Michael Bay blows stuff up real good, and that's what you go to see when you go to see a Michael Bay movie, and that's what you get here. All right, Payson. So... I was going to watch this movie a few months back for a match, saw the runtime, and was like, okay, I'm going to watch The Jackal instead. Uh, Jackal's not great, but uh, I've, I've, I've heard things in this movie stupid, but I've also heard it's kind of fun. I'm not sure how I'd feel. Uh, personally, this movie did give me one of my favorite pulls in my trivia career, where I had to pull who played this character, and all I had was this person was Russian. And it's a movie directed by Michael Bay, so it could literally be anyone. So, yeah. Uh, how long is this movie? It's like two and a half hours. That sounds about right for Michael Bay. Uh, Boatman, why don't you tell us about this movie and why you love it? There is no phrase I hate more than, turn your brain off, just turn your brain off, it's a popcorn movie, enjoy it. No, I know popcorn, I enjoy popcorn, I live and sleep popcorn. This is not a popcorn movie, this is this is a bleach movie. That's the only thing you can consume during Armageddon to make it tolerable. Turn your brain off, Bowman! Just, no, I don't want to 
fucking Bo- turning Bo- them Bo- off. Bowman. I, I like my brain. I'm sorry you have an easy time turning your brain off. Good Bo- for you. You can not have a brain that easily. Oh, hi, it, it, look look at the puppy. It's okay, Bowman. Oh, look at the puppy. You're fine with happy place. You know, personal attacks. No, fine. Fine. It's not good. To look, look at the puppy and take a deep breath. Here's I, I enjoy your puppy. I mean, you watch what Albert Brooks. Crazy? What he was saying was right. Like, the turn your brain off is one of the stupidest things. Why? Because there's there's, there's movies that you go in and think about, and there's movies you just go and sit back and enjoy. Yes. Okay, maybe I just don't want to do that. And that's, well, that's fine. That, that's yeah. fine. You're fine, but don't say the the, the same. It's the, but it's the lamest excuse of no, just turn your not. brain off and enjoy the movie. Like back to the no, future. I don't, no, like I don't like a movie. Let me not like a movie. I'm not saying you're a terrible person for liking it. But I'm not. I'm not saying that you have to turn off your brain. But I'm saying don't say that the the saying doesn't exist. It's actually you guys want to study or analyze movies through and through. But there are certain movies that you can just sit back, turn on thing and just enjoy what it is you have overanalyzed that there are a bunch of drillers that go into space at that point i just like the asteroid destroying shit and that's the point of it turn your brain off during phantom thread cody just enjoy the beautiful dresses just enjoy the dresses of phantom thread turn your brain off turn your brain off daniel day lewis turn your brain off uh, He's such a two-faced person. If Albert Brooks was one of the people on that ship, he'd give it five stars and suck it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, That's if Caleb Coho was on the ship, he'd enjoy it. Why do I get taken off and he doesn't? I didn't. Oh take my gosh! He just wouldn't shut up. Everyone stop. <laughs> Bowman, you get your last pick now. Well, guess what? I, I was going to pick the other movie that he was going to pick. I'm picking Titanic. <laughs> All right. Great film, both of them. Talk about it. Yeah, this is this is a, a really good movie. Um, you know, like, I, I don't quite know what more to say about it. other Like, it's Titanic. Look, I get why people hate it. Actually, I don't. I, you know what? No. I, I don't. You know, I'm in a bad enough mood. I don't get why people hate this movie. Sure, it's long. But you know what? The romance is actually really good. Like, I'm sorry, the Jack and Rose are like really interesting characters. Um, and I, I really like Kathy Bates in this movie. Kathy Bates is really fun. Billy Zane is having the time of his life in this movie. Everyone's great. Uh, the movie looks gorgeous. I think that like they make you care about Jack and Rose, but they also like really make the ship feel alive. And like you, you feel the disaster of the the event. Like you actually like it, the movie puts you square in the middle of it, and I I feel really like connected to it when it kind of does become an actual disaster movie. I think the movie's great. I get not liking the stuff with uh, Bill Paxton and, and Gloria Stewart. That's that's like the one dock I'll give against this movie is that probably goes on a little bit too long. Other than that, I think this movie's really good. Yeah, um, I'm a I'm a big fan. Really like this. This is a great pick, um, even if it is out of some sort of spite and love or whatever. Um, it, it's awesome. It's a great pick. Um, I agree with Bowman. People that say they don't like this movie, I don't get it. I really don't. I don't understand. I think it's fantastic. Uh, the only complaint I can understand is it's long. 
It's three hours and 17 minutes long. That's a long fucking movie. Uh, but I think it's a great fucking movie. I think that uh, DiCaprio and Winslet are awesome in the movie. Um, I really like the tension and the um, the chase towards the end and just the, the back and forth of like, are they going to get off? Are they not going to get off? Um, I also love the memes it's created. So there's that as well. Um, I've talked about it on this show before because I think Cody brought it up once on the show. And um, I remember seeing it in uh, 3D when they did the re-release, and it was it was incredible. It was it was one of the most uh, incredible theater experiences. Just sitting there watching this thing from beginning to end in the theater um, was awesome. So, uh, big fan, big fan, Cody. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> I think Titanic is the one thing from the top 100 that I regret not putting on my list. Um, cause the more I watch it, the more I enjoy it. Um, it's a perfect turn your brain off. No. Um, <laughs> what I will say is, um, uh, I just love everything about this film. Like how Matt, like I've watched like a lot of documentaries on the Titanic and like the conspiracy theories about the Titanic and like all that stuff. And to think about, I've said this before, but to think about like, it's not going to be on the ocean floor after like the next 10, 15 years, because it's going to, like, completely corrode uh, away. Um, <clears throat> it's crazy to think about, but um, I love, like, uh, Leo and Kate Winslet. The only thing that I would change about this movie that would make it all-time great is at the end of the movie when he drops, when she drops the the necklace that Bill Paxton walked up behind her and flipped that bitch in the water because he's been searching the ocean floor and she just has the entire time and just not going to share it with him. I hate, like, the criticisms that they both could have fit on the door and, like, this. Like, it's just so many, like, nitpick things at that point. That was just a bad design. Like, they could have picked something smaller. But um, Billy Zane is great in this movie. Uh, like, I love when he goes crazy. And, and they um, the women and children first, and they shoot the guy. Like, it's got this, like, inner, but it's, like, this claustrophobic environment, too. And then when that ship goes down, like, the stuff they were able to achieve in 97, like to bring that ship like up and like, as it's going down, I could, that's a horror film that I could never imagine being there that night of that event. Like that was so terrifying to me because it's not like today. Like those people were rowing boats in, like you weren't getting saved anytime soon and people were just yeah. dead, like, and froze, like freezing to death. Crazy. So Titanic, it should have been in my top 100. It's one of my favorite films. Uh, Brian. I'm going to address this door thing for the hundredth time, okay? <laughs> yes, space-wise, you could fit two people on top of it. But once you put a second person on top there, the weight pushes the door under the water line, and then they sink. Just saying. Could they have taken turns, though? They could. I think the best solution was, they I, I want to say it was Key and Peel talked about, just tie a bunch of dead white people together and make a raft. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> okay, but, I mean, I've talked about Titanic a million times. I talked about it on. on That's a good uh, point. That's a really good point. Okay, yeah. I talked about it on the YLS Top 100. So I've talked about this movie many times. Um, I love this movie. It's in my like top 25. I want to say of all time, it's a great movie. It, and like at the time it came out, I understood people that didn't like it. I mean, I, I basically there were people that could not separate the hype around Titanic when it came out because you could not not hear about it everywhere for like the next year and a half two years so i understood at least why that might have put them off of it 
but like nowadays i don't understand why people have this this stigma against titanic because it's a great well-made movie um by you know a great director with a great cast the effects this filmmaking everything about it it's it's worth the attention it gets yeah all right payson yeah titanic's awesome like i used to have a phase where i was like no this movie's probably not that great then i sat down and watched it and i was like no it is pretty great um there's something that you got to appreciate about just how big this movie is. It was big in 97, and when you watch it today, it still feels big. Like, when that boat starts sinking, you you feel it. Like, the moment that always hits me, like, emotionally, is when the parents are tucking their kids in the bed, and they're literally just tucking them in, and they, they're obviously not telling them what's about to happen, but we all know what's about to happen. Um, Jack and Rose, it really is a sweet romance, I do think. Kate Winslet and Leo are great. I think Billy Zane is just chewing up the scenery in every single way. Uh, wouldn't have been my best picture for 97, but it's the Oscars. I'm not going to get mad just because the one I didn't want uh, didn't win best picture. But something I, d- I do find fun that I want to say. Um, fun thing is uh, if, if a, a, a game me and my friends made are the movie that was number one at the box office, the tagline for that. The, the movie that was number one at the box office the week you were born, the tagline for that is your new Zodiac sign, so this would be my Zodiac sign. Nothing on Earth could come between them. Cute. Alright, that's our list. Uh, go over to the letterbox page at the link below uh, to take a look at that. Um, as we get into the last part of the show here, uh, we're going to talk about our movie of the month. Our movie of the month uh is uh was voted uh by you guys um i'm not gonna lie i was a little uh, i was a little surprised uh that this one was picked out of all the options not to say this is a a bad choice i was just a little surprised uh the maltese falcon is the film um every time i see the title of this film i think of the whose line is it anyway sketch uh the maltese burger uh if you don't know what i'm talking about treat yourself and search it on youtube afterwards um it's pretty great um, I watched this movie last night uh, while my new puppy cried for its mother and then fell asleep on my foot. And I will say this. On paper, this is a movie I should love. And the reason I don't love it, I think, is very simple. And you can call me a simpleton. You can call me a, uh, a young buck. But I... I'm not super captivated by movies made in this time. I just really am not. Um, I thought the performances were great. I thought the actual storyline and everything was great. I really liked the ending. I thought the last 15, 20 minutes was excellent. Um, I know. I'm sorry. But everything going uh, leading up to it, I never hated anything, but I never loved anything about it either um and and that's i i honestly truly think it's just because i i just don't connect to movies made around this time and it's nothing against the movies it's me i know it's me so you can make fun of me all you want but um so it wasn't 100 for me um but i absolutely appreciate the performances and what it did for the time that it came out 100 so uh, I gave it a three stars. So, Cody. 
Yeah, I enjoy the Maltese Falcon. Um, I don't think it's uh, there's some. I like Bogart a lot. Um, he's that definition of back then you see guy like the why like he just fits those characters, and I love his voice. Like his distinct voice is always something that works. Um, the Maltese Falcon is one of those movies that's kind of weird that this is the one that I think is like that and Casablanca are like his top two. And I know he has other ones that are really good. I just haven't seen a ton. Um, but I've always been told like, uh, I think alone, the lonely place or in a lonely place. in a lonely place, I think is one of his uh, top ones. And, um, oh, there's one other one, the big sleep. I like the big sleep more. Then the Maltese Falcon. Maltese Falcon, I just think is really interesting um, overall as a film. Um, I give it four stars. I enjoy like the back and forth. Um, oh, I can't think of the actor's name. Peter Laurie. Sydney Greenstreet. I'll look it up while I'm talking. Um, but it, he's a character that's just like, you know, I just, every time he's in films, I'm like, hey, I don't Peter think. Laurie. Hold the fuck on. I don't know by the character. I'm not. Is I it the guy from Arsenic and Old Lace? Um, Yes, Peter Lorre. Um, I, Is it I Peter Lorre? Uh, I think it's Peter Lorre. Um, I don't think like he'd be like a character like cast in so many movies like nowadays. But I love love his like dynamic in movies that he shows up throughout them. Um, he has a nice complexion. I like the Indian a lot of this movie. I love the private eye, like the investigating side of the old like noir or forties um, movies. Um, I knew when Maltese Falcon was picked. I knew what Tim's rating was going to be for the film. I just had a feeling about it. Um, I'm one that adapted the classic cinema. <laughs> Tim is just not a fan of it, and that makes sense. Um, but, um, yeah, I enjoy it. I think everybody should check it out for sure, cross it off the list. Um, but it's not – I've watched it twice now. It's not one that I'm always running back to. But every time I start it, like halfway through, I'm, I'm, I enjoy the ride that we're on. So, Yep. Bowman. This is a movie that I kind of be one of the notorious this is overrated people. I used to think this movie was really overrated. Uh, and I recently gave this uh, a second chance and I enjoyed it way more this time. I think I've built up my tolerance for Bogart. I used to not be a Bogart guy for whatever reason. And now I really like him and stuff. I'll admit, this isn't like groundbreaking Bogart. This is very like basic Bogart being Bogart, which has never been like my my favorite type of Bogart. I prefer when he's kind of a little bit more unhinged as opposed to this. Uh, but he is very good when he's just doing his thing. But to me, the, the parts that make this movie are the side characters. Mary Astor is incredible in this. Uh, she has to play like a lot of different modes, and she's great. As previously mentioned, Peter Lorre is just one of those guys who I love anytime he shows up in anything. Like he, He's just super fun. And Sydney Greenstreet is a performance I did not appreciate until I watched this movie. He's great. He is absolutely fantastic. Uh, and I really like kind of the way this mystery unfolds. Uh, yeah, this is this is solid. Uh, this isn't like top echelon like some people put it as, but it's it's a solid four star movie. Okay, Brian. Um, I'm more in the in the Tim boat on this one. Um, I mean, there are definitely 
lots of classic movies that I do like very much. Um, but this one falls in more of that kind of this category There's, of these ones I don't care for, where it's just the style of films at that time. Um, you know, there's a lot of overacting, people being super overdramatic, especially I noticed like, like the, the women in this movie are all like, they're just talking super overdramatically, especially the way they deliver dialogue. And I mean, part of that you could say is the style of the time, but I mean, like I just watched um, uh, like Lady Eve with Barbara Stanwyck. I, I watched like the day after I watched this and she has like a very more natural delivery of lines. So it wasn't like every movie back then had this. So it's just like certain older movies have this overdramatic, you know, way of reciting dialogue and stuff. Um, whereas on the other hand, you have like Humphrey Bogart, who he, he tends to be, you know, very kind of slow and, you know, monotonous in the way he delivers dialogue, which is, it's fine. That's the character, but especially when you get into like the last, I don't know, like the last third of this movie, it's just like kind of a series of monologues. It's like, and it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's the kind of movie that doesn't necessarily appeal to me. Um, but I mean, it was, it was fine. I, I do find like, I mean, the woman walks in next thing you know, they're in love. I didn't buy that anyone in this movie was in love for an instant. Um, it's just, but again, I mean, a lot of movies back then kind of did that kind of thing, but it, this is a movie I thought I had watched before and I might have, but just didn't remember very well. But so I basically consider this a first time watch. I don't regret watching it, but it's not something I'll revisit very much. I get three stars as well. Oh, okay. Perfect. Jason. Yeah. I've seen this movie a few times. Um, I want to see, I saw it for the first time, like five years back when Fathom events started doing their like TCM big screen classics. And that was a lot of fun. Um, I think I've come to terms with, I think I'm kind of in the same camp as Boat, where it's not one of my absolute favorites, but I still really, really like it and still really appreciate, like, what it's going for. Um, Bogart's so cool. Like, he's such a cool actor. Like, he's kind of like the Thomas Scully of classic actors, just the coolest guy, like, that just goes around just walking around. Um, I think Sidney Greenstreet is probably the standout for me as, like, this, like, ultimate crime boss. Like, you don't want to mess with this guy. Um, but yeah, like it is in a way like the classic noir archetype and by like archetype, I mean, like when you think of noir, this is the movie, even if you have never seen a noir, this is the movie that you are going to think of. Um, there are some other noirs I like more just because I think they take a little bit more, like they have a little bit more of like a fun edge to it, but I still do think this is a really well-made movie. I have not logged it yet. I've been decided, I've been teetering between four and three and a half, and I think I'm going to go four. I'm gonna be positive. Okay. Uh, so that is it. That's everybody's uh, take on the Maltese Falcon. Uh, thank you guys for a great first episode back. This was fun. Um, disaster movies, good time. Um, I want to thank everybody for being here. Thank you to Cody, Boatman, Brian, and Payson. Uh, if you really want to see some cool stuff, you can head over to Twitter and see Payson's uh, Twitter account at Fan League Community, whatever the fuck that he runs what? there and talks to. What? You no. all know that's Payson. So if you want to go see what Payson's doing on Twitter, go check that out. Um, and uh, you can see the rest of us here on the shows and stuff. But if you, if you really want good Twitter stuff, uh, you can go check out Payson there. So uh, family commentary, to be clear. Family commentary. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, just confirmed here. I'm logged it. Thank you. Um, so uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week uh, with uh, we got romantic comedies next week because now we're going to talk about romance comedies. It's going to be fun. We got to have an adventure. We got I've never been in love, so I don't think I should be on that panel, apparently. <laughs>
You are such a sassy boy. Uh, then we got adventure movies the week after, and we're going to close out the month with best movie soundtracks. So that's what we have coming up in February. So, uh, And, of course, we'll be talking about uh, 1941's The Maltese Falcon the whole month. So um, thank you guys for watching. We'll see you real soon next week with uh, romantic comedies. Thanks, everybody. Bye. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good evening. Ah!